Hi, today is February 20th, 2023, President's Day in the United States of America, and this is Tadagasa War, Mobile News Podcast 440. This is a special Hawaii Techies edition with my old friend Sterling Lee. Um, and it's kind of a continuation of a, a talk I had with our, our mutual friend, Keeman Wong, and in Podcast 445, where Keeman uh, talked about the development of broadband in Hawaii from the point of view of... Um, of a cable provider. Uh, back then, it was... I can't remember if Time Warner had already bought Oceanic. Keeman explained it. But anyways, it used to be Time Warner Cable. They got bought out by Charter Communications, so they're now Charter Spectrum, and Keeman retired from there a few years ago. I was at GTE Telephone Operations uh, at the same time that this was going on with a much slower DSL <laughs> options. Um, and so we, we were come to compare this. Um, Sterling was at HEI, Hawaiian Electric Industries, I think. Or maybe they don't stand for anything anymore. Uh, uh, I think it's still Hawaiian Electric oh, Okay, because, you know, like IBM doesn't stand for IBM, anything anymore. It's just IBM. Right. But mm. anyway, it was at which is the parent company or holding company, I don't know what the legal term is, of our electric, basically our electric company for this this and other islands in the chain. As well and, as American states. As well as American states, correct, yes. And um, and so, you know, you might not think of an electric company as a communications company, but really that's what it is uh, when you come down to it, at least internally for sure. And they also tried some some consumer-facing stuff too, and we can talk about that. But anyway, certainly, why don't you tell us a little bit about your, you know, your background when you were at HEI and, you know, what you were doing back then, and we can continue from there. Sure. Actually, I was at HEI functioning as the auditor. So I was the, the head auditor at the holding company, which means I also had under me an audit group at the electric companies and an audit group at the uh, savings bank. And uh, so at, at the holding company, we didn't really do audits per se, but we were doing more strategic things. Mm. And, and that allowed us to do a lot more than what a traditional audit function would mm-hmm. normally be. And so one of the things that uh, we did was we tried to kind of look forward into the future and see what was coming and try to determine how we would you know, be able to harness that but put the controls on it so that we didn't have uh, you know, things really messing up in there and, mm. and kind of using an audit mentality to kind of try to figure out, okay, if we do this, what could go wrong? What things could be done to mitigate that to enable, you know, this function to run within the company? And that was pretty much uh, the charter that we had. I think uh, it was just fortunate for me to be there at that point in time because things have certainly changed. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, Enron came and went. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that kind of changed everything. But, boy, back in those days, uh, you know, it, we were really looking at how are we going to, increase the ways that we could communicate uh with our people and you know as you know you were at hawaiian tell mm-hmm. uh the, the hiko companies are, are just a huge conglomeration of different companies and sometimes communication was really difficult and so we thought you know things like the email and and you know we didn't have group chat or anything back then but just to be able to communicate w- would have been something that was you know really really interesting what what started out for us was, I believe, at the end of the 80s, the early 90s, I was able to get a Unix 
server mm. uh, with the idea. And, and I was able to get uh, back then, uh, the database was called Sybase. And so I installed Sybase onto this Unix server. And what we did was we put a lot of data from the mainframes, you know, both from the bank as well as the utility, oh, to allow us to audit, you know, oh. without necessarily go out, especially, you know, for American savings, yeah. to be able to audit uh, off your desktop was, was a really big deal. That way, when you went out, you know, you were pretty, you know, efficient what you did, right. you what you're looking for. Uh, so that kind of started us out in Unix, uh, and that was would have been that actually turned out to be really key for us. Uh, at that time, there was a whole war going on between, if you remember, IBM's SNA and the Unix. Oh, IP. Yeah, yeah. But that war was going on at the utility. Of course, they were on the SNA side, sure, uh, and they just did not want to let my server. <laughs> So I actually ended up having to buy an SNA card <laughs> tied into the token ring, uh, you know, the network just to be able to get my data. But, you know, fortunately, those days are a long gone. You, so, you know, that's funny you say that because in the late 80s to early 90s, I was at a large insurance company. And I had a very similar situation where, you know, everything was mainframe, but I had to build a Unix server to bring in uh, remittances and stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, I had to put in an SNA card and do 3270 emulation for my Unix box to the to the mainframe to send data <laughs> over a terminal emulator, essentially. You know? Wow, wow. <laughs> so really, at about that same time, uh, we saw a presentation by someone from the New Age uh -huh. about the Internet. And, right. of course, now we're talking 91, 92. I mean, nobody really knew what the internet was. I mean, maybe people talked about it, but you really didn't know what it was. Uh, and here was this presentation, and we heard this thing, and both Phil and I said, we got to go there. <laughs> somehow get our hands on this thing or get ourselves out of this thing. And so we started doing some research. We've uh, been doing things like taking classes at the UH so you could get a, uh, a UH Unix account. <laughs> and, and we just played with it and and we saw the possibilities. Yeah, I mean, and it was way more than what uh, we could look than IBM and SNA at the time. Yeah, and I, uh, I should it, I should note that you know for people listening and really scratching your head, what is Sterling talking about? You got to you youngsters, you you know, you're young whippersnappers. You got to remember in 1980s, early 1990s, Microsoft Windows was still a baby and didn't even have a TCP/IP stack. Right. <laughs> You have to buy that separately yes. and somehow jam that thing in and hope that it works. Yeah, I was going to say hope it works, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it's a real duct tape, and duct, duct tape and shoestring kind of affair for networking on Windows back then. Right, 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 right. Uh, so we got to see it in basically VT100 terminal emulation. Oh, yeah. You know, because you were dialing into the UH. And, yeah. Uh, uh, just at that point in time, uh, the Monthly High Performance Computing Center started up. And uh, some of the people at Hikos were saying, you know, if you know anybody over there, uh, let's see if we can get an account there because, you know, they have some uh, computing resources that we could probably use to help with, you know, monitoring or generation or, uh, you know, at least modeling it. Yeah. So uh, I had gone to a meeting and I think I, I met the guy. And it's fun. Not mistaken, his name was Dr. Frank Gilfeather. 
from the University of New Mexico. Oh. He was the PI yeah. that ran Maui High Performance Computing Center. So right. I called him up one day and said, hey, why don't you come on over? Let's talk. So I flew over to Maui, saw oh. the facility, uh, and they said, oh, we know you guys want to use this this computer, you know. Yeah. And, uh, he said, you know, we can we can uh, make that happen, uh, and, but you got to connect to us, you know. And yeah. so you're going to have to come up with some kind of line. And, and I said, okay, uh, what are we talking about? And he says, well, at, at the very least, you could get a, uh, I think it was a 56K dedicated line. Oh, well, fancy. Fancy. Yeah, <laughs> and he says, However, I have to warn you, once you do that, you're, you're on the internet because we are in, you know, the national center for supercomputers. Right. Right. And, and, and I said, Oh, is that right? <laughs> and uh, came back to Hiko, we, you know, made the deal happen. Right. And, uh, yeah, we first connected to my high performance, uh, on a 56 K line from HEI to Maui yeah. and although if you were on our network, you could run on the internet. Wow. That's, that's, and then, you know, it, okay, we're back. We had a little bit of a glitch, but uh, Sterling Yee and I are back. I just want to mention, since Sterling's been throwing out some acronyms for our fives of listeners, uh, UH is, he's referring to University of Hawaii, not University of Houston or other <laughs> UHs. Yeah. And PI is not like Magnum PI private investigator. It's uh, a principal principal investigator. Yes. Which so, is what they call, uh, I guess, the project manager of a large research project in yeah, the academic area. In the academic side, yeah. Right, 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 right. So he was clearly the guy that was in charge. So yeah. he basically got us up and running. And, and, and as that was happening, our good friend Phil Mao did a whole bunch of research on we got to get an IP address. So he applied, right. he got the IP address. He set TCP IP up on our Unix server since we already had that, you know, and right. and lo and behold, you know, with the Unix server running TCP IP, we were up and running on the HEI network. Nice. And uh, yeah, it, it was incredible because wow. uh, it started out with maybe two or three of us having access to the internet right. <laughs> ourselves, and people would come by and look and say, hey, "What is that?" You know, yeah, what and is we that? give them a little demo, and the first thing out of their mouths was, "How do I get that?" <laughs> <laughs> and and the, the it went like wildfire, and it just blew up. You know, we we just overly subscribed that fifty six k live. We ended up going two fifty six then. You know, one meg, and and then of course, you know, it, it just went from there. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it was it was incredible, and and I think about a year and a half into it, uh, I had another meeting with Frank Gilfeather, and he's going, you know, you guys got so much traffic coming through that <laughs> <laughs> we knew we had to do something. Yeah. But what it did was it bought us time yeah. to get ourselves up and running. And to allow the internet providers to start coming into business, so that we had alternative means of getting in onto the internet. And I mean, yeah, for your younger listeners out there, imagine those were the days where there weren't any internet service providers. There were, I mean, you said IFB, yeah. and they went, "What? <laughs> yeah, yeah." Uh, I, I, you couldn't even get one from Hawaiian Tel at that. No, point. you couldn't. Uh, you couldn't. 
Yeah, the UH was the only place you could get it. And of course, when University of New Mexico set up at Maui, we yeah. that's how we got in. Uh, yeah, that that was just for us, just very fortuitous. Yeah, that, at know. this point in time, uh, really, there are a couple of mom, not even mom and pop shops. It's usually just you know one um, very enthusiastic person bringing in, you know, putting up a, a bank of modems and letting people dial in, and that person right. maybe had a T1 or a Frac T1 or something. Right, and, and, uh, and he had a he had a spare closet that all this equipment fit into, right? Right, <laughs> if, if that much, <laughs> no, or corner of a bedroom somewhere or something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, this yeah. is this is very much uh, pioneering days, you know. It it was the wild wild west, you know, yeah. and and so uh, also at that point in time, it was uh, killing my Unix server, which at that time was a an HP one thousand. <laughs> and it was supposed to be a, a Sybase database server, you know, right, was, right. you know, moonlighting uh, uh, most of the time as an internet server. Right. Uh, so we, we ended up uh, getting a, uh, a a Sun and we got it from Commercial Data Systems, whose yeah. president at the time was Mark Wall. Yeah. He's the city CIO today. Right, right. Uh, and, and he set it up for us and uh, got us up and running. Um, yeah, I mean... Those are pretty heady days. I mean, everything we did was uh, brand new. I mean, nobody had done it before. Nobody knew what was right or wrong, so you just did it. You know? Yeah. And and, and uh, okay. uh, he came up to me and he said, you know, bad things are going to start happening on the internet, and we're just out there naked. Right. Yeah. There are no firewalls no. between yeah. us and the internet. And he said, that's not good. We need to bring up a firewall. Yeah. And uh, and he showed me this thing, and he says, I'm going to download this thing because it's uh, it's open source. Yeah. It's called the Internet Firewall Toolkit. Yeah. And he brought that down. We compiled it on the sun, and he got it up and running, and that was our first firewall. <laughs> it was an open source firewall. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, most, most of the Internet was open source. I mean, we didn't call it open source mm -hmm. back then. Um, right, right, that, right. That term wouldn't be coined for a few more years, but that's what it was, right? I mean, it's uh, mm -hmm. we used to get everything in source code, compile it, and tweak it when needed, and uh, see if it ran. <laughs> yeah, and, and and you know there was no such thing as Outlook. You know, no. we were using this thing called Pine. Oh, I remember Pine. Yeah, I saw UH running it, and yeah. it was available. So yeah. we downloaded it, compiled it, configured it, and. We had email. <laughs> yeah. Know? It was text-based email, but uh, it worked pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Pine was great. Um, it was way easier to use than the default uh, Unix mail client, which yes. is command line oriented. I think Pine had a, like a, not a graphical a interface, but he had a text a menu. menu. Right. And right. so you, you didn't have to memorize everything, which is what made it quite nice. Yeah. 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 And I think it even had text-based windowing, right? Like it. Put the little quadrants yes. up so his thing scrolled independently. Yes. It was pretty spiffy, yeah. as I recall. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. for its time. Yeah, and then of course we had to bring up uh, the Gopher server from. We got that from the University of Minnesota. Yeah, 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 because that was the the predecessor to the web, right? That right. The only way you could do things. So right. Yeah, it was text-based web, if you could believe that. Yeah, Gopher and FTP is pretty much... Oh, and UUCP for email and stuff. That was pretty mm -hmm. much all we had back then. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how did how did this work within HEI and and its its uh, subsidiaries? I guess so. Did you provide? Did you through the audit branch provide email well, and all of that? What they did, I I went and talked to uh, the execs at HEI and said, "Hey, listen, guys, look at this thing." You know, first thing I did was I gave them a demo, and yeah. of course, all of them wanted it, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so I gave it to them. They were up and running, and then of course more people wanted it. You know, to get it up and running, yeah. And then the Kiko folks would say, "I heard you guys got internet accounts, yeah, on your computers." So, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And you want some? Come on over, you know. <laughs> so how they yeah. how were they networked in? Was it all still dial-up modems, or were you starting to? No, no, no. Uh, we were. We brought the. Uh, we were uh, we were networking, and uh, at HEI, we never went SNA. <laughs> we we just went straight TCP/IP. Yeah, uh, and and uh, the CIO Chuck Wall at the time, uh, you know, and I had talked to him, and he was from Hawaiian right? And so yeah. he was very uh, accustomed to TCP/IP, and he looked at it and he went, "Wait, the whole internet's running TCP/IP. We're running TCP/IP," <laughs> and, and and that's what we did. And slowly, the uh, utility came over. I mean, they trashed all their Banyan vines running. Uh, token ring and and just set up a yeah. TCP IP network and with Ethernet. Um, when I was at GT, we had Banyan Vines. It's not it wasn't dependent on token ring by the way because we were running it over TCP IP. Right. Yeah. 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 But uh, but yeah, Banyan Vines. Boy, I didn't know. You, that's right. I think Hawaiian Electric and GTE were like the last two large customers for Banyan Vines. I think we were pretty much keeping them alive. Right. Uh, Did you know that that uh, back in those days? Phil Mao had the title of a, a Banyan Vines wizard. No, I didn't. He didn't. Yes, that he has a certificate. <laughs> oh, he's literally. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, um, Banyan Vines was. You know, I remember my recollection. Banyan Vines had the had the advantage over some of the other things back then that it could handle really large numbers of users. It had a right. really good directory structure, and at GTE, we were—I think—we had about 180,000 employees at that point, and so it was one of the few things that could handle that large number. Right. Wow. Yeah. Just yeah, crazy when you think about you know those things. You know, today, I mean, everything yeah. today is commoditized, and and it, you know, you buy it, and out of the box, that's what you get. You know, you don't yeah. worry about putting extra cards in, trying to configure. Oh the man. Yeah. Tip switches, I forgot. You remember that? Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 really fascinating to look back on all of this because, well, you know, like we were saying earlier, back then, I think until Windows three point one one, not even three point one, until Windows three point one one, which is called Windows Workgroup, there was no TCP IP stack built into Microsoft Windows, and so we had to, you know, yeah, after you, yeah, you had to buy a third party stack and. Kind of hope it worked, and hope you had enough memory, and hope you had the right Ethernet card that was compatible with it. Exactly, and then you you brought it up and you hoped and prayed that it worked. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not like today where you just plug and play, and you're pretty much guaranteed to work. Now, the other thing I'm kind of I, mean, I know you're not a transmission guy, um, but uh, you know I was just wondering about your about the power over, uh, not power, but uh, IP over your, the power lines. You know, I remember reading about some experimentation that Hawaiian Electric was doing. Did you uh, have any visibility into that project over there? 
I know you're an H E I, but I, I remember uh, seeing it going on. Uh, I know Phil tried it, and he was not very impressed. <laughs> he said it it it's a good 1.0 project. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, Just see, tried it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we never heard anything after that. Uh, the, the problem, yes, I remember going down and seeing it. In fact, I saw it uh, at the Yal power plant. But the problem is, if you had to go past a transformer, oh, you—that's what really degraded your signal. Yeah, you had to cross three transformers. Yeah, you didn't get there. Yeah, basically, it was just noise city at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, even at the consumer level, I tried um, IP over you know my just the wires in my house, right? Because mm. it was a cheap way to network without having to run more cables. Right and drill holes, you know, and you know, drilling holes. It's like like this is the days before Wi-Fi, right? Way before Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah. This is yeah. 10, 15 years before Wi-Fi, and I remember trying it out, and and th- and you know, I could hardly get any kind of speed over it. I think because I have old old like aluminum aluminum wires on my outlets and stuff, right? You know, it's not even good copper, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so that's the noise level just within my house. Uh, <laughs> Plus, if you're on different circuits, I think it couldn't cross over to the circuit in, inside of a house anyway. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it was just not a reliable form. And I had to wait until we got Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, I, I did have coax cables running down my stairs at one point because I didn't want to drill a hole. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that's how you did things back in those days, you know. <laughs> so just amazing. Um, yeah. And we take all of that for granted today. I mean, I mean... Just today, we were having issues with video and, and sound. Yeah. And we just started trading trading things in and out, and all yeah. of a sudden, it just worked. You know, yeah. I mean, I didn't have to go to no command line to get this Oh, that would have been fun. <laughs> yeah. That would not have been fun. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. That was, uh, those, those days are pretty darn interesting for sure. Um, yes. And so, what else were you guys doing? In the, you know, this is probably oh gosh, I think you may have left Hiko by that uh, another little glitch. Sorry about that, folks. So as I was saying, I was always asking Sterling. I think you may have left Hiko by the early two thousands. I can't remember. Uh, I left. I left in two thousand six. Oh, okay. So in that in that case, um, gosh, what was the thing I was trying to remember that Hiko was doing that was also kind of interesting? I remember I was already working for the state government, and I remember um, having some of the um, not not from your side, but the Hiko side uh, come talk about their implementation of uh, VMware VM, which was brand new back back then, you know, VMware virtual mm-hmm. machines and stuff. And so, did you guys get in at the HEI, the corporate level? Did you guys get involved in any of those kind of virtualization projects and the other networking projects? There were, they were, they were pretty far along by 06, as I recall. Yeah, yeah, they they were doing that, but uh, we never got involved in that because uh, yeah, that was mostly for, uh, I, I I guess supporting a lot of the big servers and yeah. and the, the mainframe. You know? Yeah. They were trying to virtualize a lot of things just, yeah. just because it just made economic sense to do that. It did, then. absolutely. Yeah, just yeah. You know, the number of machines <laughs> you tried to, you know, it, it, it's crazy because you know in the early days when we first got our HP server, yeah, in Unix, 
you know, I, I was given a closet and I stuck that in there. We put a little rack in there and we put a bunch of modems in there. And the next thing you know, another server goes in and another one goes in. And uh, today it, it got expanded and that little closet's still there, but they ended up taking the whole room and it's now the, uh, the data center. It's all <laughs> the network op center. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Generating heat like crazy. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it's probably like 110 degrees, you know, without the right uh, airflow and stuff. Oh, you have to, yeah, we have to put the air conditioning. Oh, it, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. But it's funny how data centers <laughs> emerge sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny, you know, because you can start off with little things that skunk works, right? And as you scale them up, boy, you run into issues you never even thought about before you know, settled out. Ah, I hear you. I hear you. I've I've been through that uh, several times. It was mm -hmm. always a challenge for sure. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Or even just to bring in rogue projects. Like, you know, you really shouldn't be doing stuff like that. And, you know, what do you mean yeah. I shouldn't be doing it like that? You know, that kind of <laughs> response. <laughs> but back yeah. then, in the early days, everything was a rogue project. <laughs> I know. And ever so, uh, Phil, actually, by default, uh, became the, the head network engineer, <laughs> you know, because he understood it better than anybody else. And so yeah. when we started out with now getting, you know, going beyond the T1s, you know, I, I think we started off with some top threes and then, you know, uh, up from there. Wow. Uh, and, then, and then getting multiple connections and multiple ISPs, you know, yeah. he ended up actually putting together an autonomous system. Yeah. You know, so we, so we had, you know, uh, I guess fail over at any one point in time, but it got really complicated then. Yeah, it's not no longer just that little stun server running in the closet. <laughs> yeah, and I should note to the fives of listeners who don't remember uh, T1s and stuff. So T1 is 1.544 megabits. And so when you mm -hmm. went from a, a T1 to a DS3 or T3, that's 45 megabits. So that's, I assume you had multiple oh. T1s, but that's still a big jump. Right. Uh, right. Yeah, and for the those are like straws today, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly, right. Your home, your home, inter your home is probably at least a gig, right? So, yeah, 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 amazing. It is amazing indeed. All right, and it does, and it doesn't seem like it was all that long ago. You know, I, so when I think about it, it was like, yeah, it was it's almost like yesterday. But you look at the uh, developments uh, that have been made since then; it's just tremendous. Tremendous progress, yeah. Yeah, um, it, we've come a long, long way in the last, you know, 30 years. And, and Sterling, you can't see us because we're only recording the audio, but Sterling and I are on FaceTime right now looking at each other. And our hair has both gone kind of gray, Sterling, over the last 30 years. <laughs> but uh, but it's been a lot. It was a lot of fun, I have to say. You know, maybe it didn't seem like fun back then, but at, the, at some moments it didn't seem like fun. But looking back, overall, mm -hmm. uh, it was a real time of discovery. Although we didn't know we were discovering anything, we we're just trying to figure out how to make things work back then. Right. And you know, the, uh, one thing I do want to say is, yeah, you know, there are people that help you along the way. Oh yeah. Uh, that you never even think about, and when I think about them today, I go, yeah, you know. That was so significant, but I didn't know it at the time. Yeah. But the level of support we got from people at the UH to do what we we're doing, yeah. then 
uh, with people like Jody Ito, uh -huh. with people like David Lazar, who was not president of the UH, he was the CIO. Yeah. And and he he would, you know, I would be able to talk to me, he would tell me, get the advice, you know, and, and he knew stuff way beyond what I could even comprehend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just just amazing. And then, you know, you you get involved in this uh I guess the circle of people that do some of these things and you know, when you have problems you, you you know you have this network that you uh -huh. can go to and I remember one day I was having some trouble uh trying to I guess uh, the signal wasn't going through yeah and I, I was just frustrated and so I was just making call after call after call and I ended up on the line with a guy named Vin Surf <laughs> <laughs> And I didn't realize at the time that he was would be known today as the father of the internet. You know? <laughs> uh, he was just a VT, I think, at SCI. Yeah. And, but but he helped me tremendously oh, solve some of the yeah. problems. Yeah. <laughs> that is funny indeed. Yeah, but it, it was a uh, a very helpful community. You know, I I, mm -hmm. I hear what you're saying. Um, I remember having some not phone calls, but like. Uh, Usenet news group interactions with uh with a lot of people, you know, some that are pretty well known, at least in the IT circles mm -hmm. or networking circles. Um and they're all very helpful and, you know, yeah. Yeah. Non judgmental, like, you know, well, or you know, you're too stupid to understand kind of people, you know. <laughs> None of those kind right. of stuff. But uh Yeah. yeah it, it so it was a different point in time. It was certainly pioneering. Yeah. And 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 the thing is I think everybody was pioneering at that time, so we just no, didn't know it. No, yeah, we just didn't know it. But you know, there's no point in being hostile to each other. We're all trying to get to the same place. You know? Yeah. Uh, and so it, it was a very uh, congenial uh, environment. Uh, people tried to help you if you asked for it. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very different time from today. Well, they're still very helpful people, of course. Mm -hmm. But uh, mm -hmm. you know, there's just a lot more people. So just statistically, there are some people that. <laughs> That's helpful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and have it help you if you get caught in one of those uh, endless uh, phone trees, right? <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Yeah, indeed. And those things didn't exist back then. You remember? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I wasn't a phone company, so we had them. <laughs> You know, well, we had IVRs well, and stuff. <laughs> well, probably not to the extent we would get them today. Where oh, go from one. Yeah, not not quite as uh, what's the word I'm looking for dungeon like and maze maze like in their design yeah. and purpose. So you never you know mm -hmm. you can't actually find a human being. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, th thanks so much for your time, uh, Sterling. It's good oh, to have absolutely. you back. And uh, boy, it's really fun going back over memory lane to try to you know piece together our history. Uh, in parallel, because I didn't meet you until the 2000s, I think, mid right. to late 2000s, maybe. And, and and I met you because I had brought up my first uh, Ubuntu machine. <laughs> I was new to Linux. You know, I mean, I knew I knew uh, Unix you actually helped. Yeah, that helped. Uh, but you were, I think, running the open the Open Systems Society. Or... Oh, and I think I was okay. just helping out or something. Yeah, yeah. 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 But uh, <laughs> I'm glad that I may have been able to provide you a little bit of information back then. But it's been yeah. good to know you over the years. And yes, thanks for yes, returning this podcast. Absolutely.
All righty. So this has been Mobile News Podcast. Let's see, what was it? 447? I want to call it. 448. 447 was yesterday. And uh, Tadagas Award, my old friend Sterling Yi, uh, talking right. about internet and broadband development um, from the electric company. Well, actually, the electric company's holding company's point of view, but including right. the electric company. So thank you, Sterling.